time for that now because, fellas, this here is the Enemy Slime Podcast, episode number 147. I'm your usual host, Jared, and I am joined today by Mr. Michael Mahoney. A grand old evening to you. Ooh, very nice. I have Mr. Doug Wilson. Hey, I hope you all die. And I have Mr. Lucio Lorenzino. Hey, one question. What are we going to do about all the vines? All the what? All the vines. Oh, all the vines. Uh, Yes. Creeping up the castle wall. (laughs) Gardener. Really important stuff is going to be lost with the vines. I mean, I know you guys are like too cool for it, but there's some funny vines. There were funny things on Vine. No, there weren't. Shut up, Jared. All right. Yeah, Jared. Okay, never mind. Look at fuck, Jared. <laughs> Forget I said anything. Um, but hey, Vine's not Go the only thing. Go buy a shirt and Hot Topic, Jared. Vine is not the only thing that's coming to an end this week. Uh, well, it's not coming to an end this week, but it's going away. Uh, I am, of course, referring to the Wii U, a system that the Nintendo Switch, I will remind you, is definitely not a replacement for. Uh, <laughs> but despite that, the Wii U nonetheless will cease production this week. Which feels really <laughs> soon. I know, right? Uh, I don't know. Thoughts? I mean, good riddance. I'm kind of sad to see it go. I like the system. It's just I, I don't know what Nintendo no was doing. I, I, I'm going to reiterate what I said in the chat: is that it's not it. There's more than enough stock to go around. Like the. the there's probably half a million consoles still waiting to be sold. Oh no, no one wants that piece of crap. You're, you're right. Like, there's there's no reason for them to keep manufacturing it, especially after announcing the Switch. Uh, so, like, it's it's not like going to be a thing where, you know, if you miss the Wii U train, you're not going to be able to go to the store and get one. Like, you're you're good. You'll be fine. I, I'm predicting that 30 years from now there will be a, a video game myth that somewhere in the desert of Arizona <laughs> there's a giant pit filled with old Wii U's that couldn't be sold. Ah, you Damn might, it, that's what I was going to say. You might not be too far off. That seems uh, very much in the realm of possibility. It really is. I mean, you know, it, it has its defenders. It has people who enjoyed it. Uh, I, I enjoyed it sometimes, but I think it's pretty hard to argue that it's not pretty much a failure across the board. Uh, from, I would agree, yes. From a marketing perspective, it was certainly a failure. People didn't seem to understand the concept or really have any persuasion for why they would give up one system for it or the other. Uh, as is Nintendo's style, it is woefully underpowered compared to its competition, which is something that we've just come to expect at this point, but... Nonetheless, that that held it back too. Um, not a lot of people say this, but I think uh, from a library perspective, despite having some good games, I think overall it was pretty weak in that department as well. It didn't have a Zelda game. It didn't have a uh, a full Mario title. It had 3D World. That doesn't count. A lot of people keep trying to tell me it counts, and it doesn't. Um, it had... What Pikmin three? Oh boy, no one gives a shit about Pikmin three. Get out of here! Like that's it. It was basically a bayonetta machine. And I, I mean, he had some. <laughs> I think if Nintendo had given it better first party love, uh, besides, I mean, you know, what, what are the standouts? Mario Kart and Ooh, uh, Splatoon, Splatoon and Smash Brothers. Yay. Xenoblade, boring. I didn't play Xenoblade. That's probably all right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, all right. But anyway. I mean, I'm not saying it's super, you know, the awesome, but you had some good games. They're not they're not system movers, though. It needed it needed something bigger than that. It needed I know. A, I'm, not, I'm not arguing. I'm just saying they were good games. 
but sure, yeah, no, yeah, I, I think that's true. But I think overall, the the oh, life was pretty sad. Most of the I good mean, games I agree were... that they kind of fucked up like royally in the whole game. I read someone say today that this console would be remembered uh, like the Sega Saturn, and I think they're probably mm-hmm. not too far off. Uh, sure, why not? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Um, I mean, certainly an abject failure compared to the Wii. Hopefully, the Switch can can turn the tides for Nintendo. But yes, the Wii U is uh, officially going bye bye, and uh, so there you go. If you were wondering if this device was meant to replace the Wii U or the 3DS, I think you just got your answer for sure right there. Yeah. So switch things up. Let's uh, let's also talk a little bit about uh, Battlefield today, which is a game that we have largely ignored uh, because I, I guess really none of us are Battlefield players. It seems like. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean they're fun. Yeah, that's pretty much how I feel about it. Like they're okay. They're, they're like good. if somebody shows up at my house with a Battlefield and says, "Let's play Battlefield," I'll play Battlefield. But otherwise, I'm probably not going to buy Battlefield, let alone play Battlefield. I don't even know if I'd do that. I'm not sure. I'm not a hundred percent confident on how I feel one way or the other. But either way, uh, the the marketing team for Battlefield made a uh, gross miscalculation this week when they released a series of images on their Twitter account that featured a hashtag that went by the term "Just World War One things." And uh, you know, I don't even know where that originates. What just just girl things or just. Yeah, just girly things. Just girly things. Uh, so this is just World War One things, and so it would have a picture of like a bunch of soldiers, and they're like, you know, when your when your squad looks on point, and then hashtag just World War One things, and people pointed out that this was grossly insensitive, and uh, actually, in order to point that out, many people satirized it with their own like pictures of corpses and like a hashtag just World War One things, and. Um, I know I'm the worst person ever, but I I thought that those were actually pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, me too. <laughs> they, they were uh, they they were pretty good actually. Uh, but anyway, um, I'm glad we're at the point in the internet culture where two wrongs make a right. Right. EA uh, pretty soon we'll just be killing people for doing things we don't like. EA totally wimped out and took them all down. And uh, wouldn't stand by it, which was probably the smart thing to do. But it does seem weird to me that they were able to basically get shamed into taking them down. It seems weird to me that they ever wound up going up to begin with, you know? I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't see a big deal for the fucking tweets. I don't... Have you guys ever seen... uh, You know the company Razor? The people who make the mouse? The mice? Have you ever seen their Twitter? No. It is amazing. Uh, oh, the, I think they took it down. I think they just took it down. They made a tweet today about the new uh, the new MacBooks. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think it is gone. So the MacBook Pro, the new, the new version, doesn't have uh, a lot of ports. In fact, it doesn't have any except for USB-C, which hmm. your phone's probably not USB-C. Like it, most people don't have USB-C devices at all and so you need adapters for everything and it's kind of crazy but one of the notable things it's, that's missing it is, sounds like an uh, like an apple machine yeah it's pretty pretty fitting 
but one of the things that's missing is an SD card slot. And Razor, who has a really in-your-face, totally radical Twitter account, uh, <laughs> posted something that basically was like, pro, really? And then it said, S my D. And they had a picture of an SD card sticking out of the side of a regular PC laptop. Very nice. <laughs> and uh, that went about as well as you can imagine. And it looks like... Why? It looks Apple fans like... are always about to make fun of themselves. I don't even think it was <laughs> Apple. I think it was just like the collective internet as a whole. Uh, Misogyny. We apologize for the SD reader joke. To those who were offended, it was intended as a lighthearted turn of phrase that missed the mark. Uh, top comment is, or top reply on Twitter is, I really wish you didn't buckle to the politically correct crybabies. It was a joke and clearly intended as one. I think I, don't, uh, I guess I, I don't, don't know what I hate why it's more. offended to anything. Like he wasn't telling a woman to suck his d or a man. He was just telling anybody. S, That's not... S my d. I, it just I I didn't believe it was real when I saw it. I was like, <laughs> I, was, I could I could understand why. Because uh, it just it's not how come. But razors razors in the fucking dirt like this all the time. When Red Dead Redemption got announced, they had a bunch of tweets about how they were excited for it, and people are like, "You make PC hardware," and they're replying left and right being like bro we make controllers too you don't even know and i mean they just they're very it's a very <laughs> casual uh twitter account uh it looks like most people are on their side saying they did not have to apologize shots fired it was funny as hell well yeah why did you apologize the tweet was extremely popular there's a lot of people saying don't apologize so and i agree with them actually i think if you make a mistake like that just fucking own up to it i think that battlefield should have started retweeting all the horrible things that people were uh, sharing back yeah just just put their watermark on it and then start retweeting just double down you know just double down uh that's okay are those pussies gonna buy your game anyway that's the Donald Trump way, and it's my way too. You know, when Donald Trump gets accused of raping someone, he d- he doesn't ignore it. He doesn't apologize for it. He doubles down and says they were you too know ugly what? to rape. Your your great great grandpa who fought in World War One doesn't give a shit because he's 103 years old and doesn't know where he is. I think our last World War One vet died, right? I I think there might be still one or two left, actually. Yeah, I maybe I, I haven't checked this for a while and he's probably too easy e- eating Gerber peas to give a shit about anything else and you know who I bet really loved a good rape joke the Walmart bets yeah uh, yeah absolutely it was actually I, I knew this actually um, in 2012 the last World War oh. One combat veteran uh, Claude Chules died in Australia at the age of 110 uh, Britain's last survivor of the First World War was no- named Harry Patch, and he died as well. <laughs> That's an awesome name for an awesome man. I knew, I actually knew Harry, <laughs> I knew about Harry Patch, like I knew that was his name. So, anyway, there you go. So, uh, but you brought up an interesting question, Lucio, regarding World War One. What makes it so special? I th- think that wasn't quite your question but no well, what uh what i asked sure. you guys was to like pitch me a cool game set in world war one and actually i want to go back and say that my stance on this is that i think that if we're talking about being insensitive i think making a video game in world war one is already pretty fucking insensitive 
I don't um, think so. I think what so. the fuck makes World War so much different than any no, other war? I think making it's a video game thing. in any war is right. insensitive. Right, that's it right there. It's the same thing that makes World War II insensitive. It's the same thing that makes Vietnam insensitive. But, you but know if we want to go down that rabbit hole, we're never going to have any entertainment ever. Sure, so. I agree with that too. But you know what? I, the point is, is that I got over it and I'm okay and I'm living a full, mostly functional life now. And uh, you can too. So. He says that, but his Tumblr is actually blown up in the past couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> but he's very you know, triggered. I just I don't see why you're mad about a hashtag and not mad about like this video game that turns a colossal loss of human life into just like a shooting gallery. Like I don't know. It was something to be outraged on a day where something else wasn't worth being out uh, wasn't popular enough to be outraged about. It is nice to be mad about something, I guess. Anyway, uh, I forgot where we were going with this. Oh, yeah. What was your question, Lucio? So, a cool game in setting World War One. Okay. So... No, my- we're, you're asking us to come up with a new one, not cite an existing one, right? Right, right, right. Because Jay actually... I completely forgot about it, but Jay mentioned Valiant Hearts, which I didn't like as much as you guys did, but uh, still, it's a pretty good World War One game. I agree. How did but Jay... But I want to uh, see, like... I guys, just a quick deviation here. Jay mm-hmm. Jay did mention Valiant Hearts. Yes. Who is writing on Jay's account? Because we have been told that he's been kidnapped. I don't know. As best as I can tell, his kidnapper just gives him internet access. Which, speaking of which, we should, we should probably do something with that, but we'll do it later. But it's not as important as this question, <laughs> this hypothetical <laughs> question that Lucio has. Um, so anyway, Michael, go ahead. Did you have an answer? Uh, sort of. I was thinking about it, and again, even though I didn't like it that much, I think Bioshock Infinite kind of captured the right tone uh, in how it it had existing issues from that period without taking a hard, moralizing stance on them. Mm-hmm. And I think that setting, along with those, those kind of mechanics, would actually be pretty cool for a World War One game. Okay, so like a magical, uh, you know. I wasn't even thinking magic. Just I kind of thought of like a an espionage game, but kind of that uh, sometimes shooting, sometimes interacting with people type uh, setting. Okay. Yeah, sure. I like that. Uh, what about you, Doug? Do you have an answer to this question? Dirigibles. <laughs> I mean, that's already in in what whatever the fuck this game is. But more, more of them. Dirigibles everywhere. Airships are cool. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, he's not wrong. Okay. No, no, I, I agree. It's hard to I, wish, I wish the Hindenburg was a rousing success and didn't explode into flames, because then maybe we'd have more of them. I want a game <laughs> called No Ticket, where you just check to see if people have tickets, and if they don't, you throw them off the blimp. No, <laughs> it's in my pocket. <laughs> now, that's a Too game. bad. Um, okay, I would suggest, uh, all right, so here we go. So you're a soldier, right? And you're mm, in the, you're, you're in the trenches of, of World War One, and you have, there are like enemy soldiers around and you kill them, right? Mm-hmm. But every time you kill them, you take their, already, you get a helmet, <laughs> you take their helmet and you put it on top of your helmet. <laughs> 
And every time they kill you, they take one of your helmets away. Sure, yeah. And but what's it dying is kind of nothing. Dying's not even really a big deal. It's trivial. What is important is that you don't accidentally knock over the stack of helmets that you have amassed on your head. So if you get shot through the heart, that's fine. But if you run too fast and your helmets tip over, that's a game over. I love it. So I think that's reasonable. So someday somebody will make your head stacking game, Jared. Well, this, is, this isn't a hat. I, you know, I, I knew that you guys would be so reductionist that you would say that I just said hat stacking. But I didn't. It's helmet stacking. And there's a difference. No, there's helmet topping. It's helmet topping. <laughs> so, you know, go ahead and be... Go ahead and be as high and mighty as you want, but it's different. You know, you know what makes your game even better? What? You stack helmets on a dirigible. I thought you were going to say the DLC packages that I have planned out. Well, yeah, you got fancy hats. Like You get bowler hat DLC. You have sombrero <laughs> DLC. You can get a DLC to get those uh, those spiky helmets the Germans had. Yeah. Help. Maybe a DLC to get DLC. Archduke Ferdinand's hat. You can get it. It's got a little Francis hole in the top. Ferdinand's hat. <laughs> sure, why not? Um, you don't want to probably s- do a game like uh, this War of Mine. Yeah, I guess. Set it in what, the I, what I would like to see is some crazy shit like, uh, something like The Suffering or, uh, like Silent Hill, where like your soldier is sucking crazy and killing monsters. Um, but maybe he doesn't know if it's really happening or not. Okay. Kind of like, yeah, like a dead space, like, you know, all like, sitting in the uh, trenches. What, what about like Jacob's Ladder? Um, I haven't seen that, so. Okay, well, you should watch Jacob's Ladder because that could just be a video game and it would work. Uh, so, you know, like, kind of like, I guess, a troopier, like, dead space, you know, where, like, you don't even know if it's happening or if, like, fucking Isaac was murdering normal people or something like that. Mm hmm. Uh, but setting the trenches. Like, you can even set it during one battle, because like, the Battle of Verdun lasted like a month. We were talking the other day about that game Mission Impossible for the Nintendo 64. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and hearing Michael describe espionage made me think of that, because there's like this level where you're at a party and you're just walking yeah. around like searching for items and putting on masks and things like that. I think something like that would be kind of cool in that era. Like you're a deep, deep cover you know, kind of guy, and uh, yeah, that could be cool too. So, something like that might be neat. I think I just I'm, want a game where I'm at a party again. Like we haven't had that yeah. since Dishonored. Let's have more parties. I mean, Let's really, have... that's those types of games were really just the predecessors to games like uh, Deus Ex. But yeah, for, yeah, for whatever yeah. reason, I I remember that same party, and even though I don't think I could really even tell you if the game was first person or third person or anything like that, I remember it fondly. It was third person. I remember there's a part where you're trying to get this like general to come out and he won't come out unless he hears the piano player play the national anthem. But the piano that's player... That's a very like... That's a very like <laughs> spoiled general. <laughs> no, I'm not going out. The but pe- general, you have to go to the party. No, I'm not coming out. But the party general, no, no. I want the national anthem. Yeah, the, the <laughs> piano players lost like the uh, the sheet music for it. You have to like go in the bathroom and find the sheet music or something. So are you telling me this guy doesn't know his own national anthem? <laughs> nope. Nope. Not Fucking without his sheet music. You're a grand old. Hold on, my daughter is here. Let me take her. Yeah, hi. 
How you doing? Hi, daughter. What's new with you? Let's go, mom. Daughter, daughter, give me the. What's news. Sophia's choice for a World War Two or World War One game? Oh, I hope Sophia never has to make a horrible choice. I want a dating sim called Kaiser's Mistress, <laughs> and you compete against all these other mistresses for all being right. the best one. Hmm. Interesting. And the uh, and the ones that don't win get mustard gassed, because that's sensitive. Yeah. It's- you could be a little more sensitive there, but I think you were still on the right track. How about World VR or World War One things? VR mustard gas simulator. And while you're playing it, so it's like chokes the shit. I can't to this question. What do you think would be a sensitive game of World War One? I I don't think there. I I think the sensitive thing to do is to not make it a game, like to not make it something. That <coughs> How about this? Every time somebody, a really sad fun. song plays as he slowly <laughs> dies, and then you see his whole family. You know, around like that sounds so his, awful. His living widow when she gets the news, and then his own child grows up with a faint rage. He doesn't know where he comes from, and then he beats his own wife and child. I think, look, it's, and it's, it's, that person it's was like this. Her. It's like this. I think that in in your in your perfect world where everyone's happy. Uh, I think a movie like Saving Private Ryan is very respectful in relation to World War II. It certainly has some anachronisms and mistakes and things like that. But for the most part, it's like a very... It's a little bit hurrah, we're playing war. Sure, sure. But for the most part, it's a it's a relatively respectful movie. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that video games are the equivalent of like inglorious bastards. <laughs> basically and i just fucking awesome so what's I, the problem i agree i agree but i'm sure that if you showed my grandfather in glorious bastards he wouldn't have been thrilled he, he wouldn't have thought it was great i don't know what uh I, I think your father would probably fucking love it because it's a real man well maybe like hitler doesn't get away at the end so that's true actually He's like, Haha, i'll get you next time <laughs> he'd probably just be upset that they're not killing japs too He'd get blown up and fly. See, it would have been disappointing to Grandpa if Hitler like flew into the stars at the end. And he's like, Hitler's blasting off again. Oh, no. He would have probably been something like, oh, well, Jews killing. That's not how they do it. Well, anyway, uh, never mind then. Sorry, Peepaw. I didn't mean to put words in your mouth. He's He's not alive, so I'm not able to really check any of this anyway. <laughs> um... Told, I think World War One is a pretty interesting setting that we obviously don't do at all because we don't know history or really care. But oh, uh, yeah, I mean, you I- can do so much with World War One. Like it was fucking crazy. You had like six in like fucking horseback charging tanks and shit. It was right. There's a lot of interesting stuff we could be doing, but you know, it's not. Uh, it's difficult to roll up all the history that goes into World War One, and there's not an obvious bad guy like there is in World War Two, and I don't think most video games are mature enough to tell that story. I mean, I don't know, man, because, like, in World War Two, you had, like, you had, they have, I don't know, Mecha Hitler and shit. I don't think it's so, like, fucking hard to come up with something completely crazy, you know? Like like I said, you know, why don't we have, like, a, like a crazy survival horror action hybrid game Send like just one bottle. You, know? oh, you could do it. I think it could be potentially interesting. 
you know what World War One really lacks is it lacks a clear villain. Like we had Hitler, of course. Right. That's what World I'm saying. Is, but there's not in, there's we don't have someone who we can point at and say you you are the bad guy. Right. Nobody, we have the Kaiser. He stole our word for twenty. Nobody cares <laughs> about like Ferdinand Falk or whatever his name is. Folk Foch. <laughs> What's that guy's Ooh. name? The mustache guy. He had a mustache and a hat. Everybody had a mustache back then. But he had a hat, too. All of them had hats. <laughs> Look, I, I don't... Do you mean the Archduke Franz Ferdinand? No, Ferdinand, fuck. He's like the German military commander. He's like the guy. He was like the dude. I don't That's know. Charles de Gaulle. Oh. Look, him, <laughs> look him up. Yes, okay, I know, who the, or I know who you're talking about now. See the guy with the hat? He looks like Robert Duvall. That's Gerard Depardieu. In fact, I think he might be Robert <laughs> Duvall. Yeah, I'm just saying. No, that. This guy, this guy was on our side, by the way, Jared. Oh, he was. Yeah, he was the Marshal of France, Great Britain, and Poland. Oh, what a great guy! Yeah, we love him. He could be the star. Well, with the name like Fock, I just figured he probably was bad. I mean, so he looks see, a clear villain, but don't he, know. in fact, you can play a lot with the whole lacks a clear villain. Because then you can play like both sides. I can remember yeah, in the makes old, it more interesting. You, you remember in the old Warcraft game where you had like a campaign for the humans and a campaign for the orcs? You could do something like that. And you don't have to feel guilty because like if you're playing as the Nazis, you're like, ah, I don't, don't wanna be the Nazis. Okay. Tell me what uh, you although think. I'm sure there's a market for that, but <laughs> Tell me what you think. Oh, shit. Of this. I mean Dave Defeat is just you playing as the Nazis. I got a I got a plot for you, okay? Are you ready? Okay. Okay, so you play as Ferdinand Falk, or okay. whatever his name is, and he's in the he's he's in like his encampment in the battlefield, and uh, he's preparing for an assault the following day. And all of a sudden, there's a bright flash of light, and uh, and and Ferdinand is there with his with his six most trusted men, and each of the trusted men has like a different role. One of them is like the sniper, and one of them is the medic. And one of them is the the man with the uh, a bigger hat than Ferdinand. <laughs> so anyway, there's a bright flash, and all of a sudden, before their very eyes, there is a device that they have never seen before, big enough to house uh, several men inside it. And the door opens, and smoke billows out, and a man stumbles out, and he's been horribly injured. He's bleeding profusely everywhere, but he falls to his knees. And he explains to them that these six men and their general, Ferdinand Falk, have to travel. He, he says, I'm a time traveler. I was going back in time, and I went back too far. But my mission is to kill Hitler, and now it's your mission. And you need to travel forward in time to kill Hitler. <laughs> and then, just kill Hitler, like, there? Well, he's not there, I don't think. Or if he is, he's just a baby. No. He was like 16 years old at the outbreak yeah, of war. He, 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 he was, was a war hero. in the war, yeah. Oh, good job, Hitler. He, he, that's where he wrote Mein Kampf. Well, you still need to travel forward in time. No, he wrote Mein Kampf in prison later. but Yeah, he wrote oh, Mein okay. Kampf in prison. But you're right, you're right. Either way, it's just, it would really just be better if you traveled forward in time. And Ferdinand Fox not the smartest guy, and so he just goes with it. <laughs> and so he takes his six merry men, and they travel forward in time to kill Hitler. I love it. As long as there's dirigibles. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the man well, like, sure came back in time in a time dirigible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I love it. 
<laughs> once get it, this to Hollywood. Once it gets to 15 miles per hour, it travels back in time. <laughs> oh. And I need to say, we need to go forward to the past. <laughs> no, see, isn't that it? That's what we call it. That's the title, too. Forward to the past. <laughs> It's perfect. Actually, I, 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 we're not trying to play this. So, we, so See, I know it's kind of, I know kind of stupid stuff like Wolfenstein and shit like that. So yeah, I'm, I'm all, I'm for it. It's a lot more fun than Battlefield. Yeah. Oh, and the and your blimp can also turn into a giant mech. Sure. Why to not? fight Mecha Hitler. <laughs> to fight. Mecha Kaiser. Well, and Mecha Hitler. No, he's not. Team up. He's not really Mecha Hitler. He's more like a kaiju where he grows really big and smashes the city. <laughs> and so it's like that. Uh, anyway, I guess he wouldn't be a kaiju; he'd be a kaiarian. Ha ha ha! Oh come on, that was great. Ha uh, zing! Ah, whatever. I don't, Fuck you guys. I don't get it. All right, should we talk about some games? Sure. It's, what are we talking about? Uh, well, I'm gonna talk about this more. I meant like games that we've been playing, but oh, uh, do you want to start with Civ? We can check in on Civilization. Sure. Uh, How's that going? I like it more now, but... Really? Did you... Yeah. I sent you that article with fixes. Did you end up using any of them? No, I, I'm doing it raw. Oh, um, you're raw-dogging it, huh? I'm raw-dogging it for our that readers. That's the way to do it. <laughs> and so how's that going? What are you talking about? So I kind of figured out more how it works, and I guess I understand a little bit what they are... Um, um, what they're trying to do. So they're... they're it's basically more more gears towards making war more painful, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Because in, in the old civilizations, you could just, like, produce, like, fucking soldiers forever and, you know, just steamroll the AI. And you can still steamroll the AI because it's too dumb to kind of realize what the, um, you know, what the, the one unit per tile thing means for it. But... What they, they basically did is they made it so now you have to make a choice between producing units and producing, like, economy, right? Because your workers are limited, you need to choose between, am I going to, like, go to war to, with China just to be a dick? Or am I actually going to grow my economy and my production and all that shit? Mm-hmm. Um, because you you have to basically keep making workers pretty much constantly. Um, it means that... If you're, you know, wasting, I don't know, 15 turns making, like, an infantry unit, then you just missed out on, like, 15 improvements you could have done in the same time. Or you can pay with a, from with gold, which is also expensive. Um, you know, you're basically asking um, the player to make a choice between being super aggressive and militaristic and having a shitty economy or, you know, kind of really choosing their wars and... Making, um, you know, making really limited use of those wars, um, you know, to get some strategic edge. Unfortunately, I don't, un- I don't think the AI understands that. Um, so the AI will crank out units like crazy, but like they will have like one farm in like six cities, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said. The, I think the, I basically think the AI is freaking out most of the time, um, and I don't necessarily think that that's something that's rare with Civilization. I think you notice it more in this game because 
the um they summon you, know, you for an audience to tell you what a bad job you're doing a lot exactly they like oh like like we said last week you know they will like beat you out <laughs> for no reason um so you notice it more when you know when the like yeah is going crazy and some of the shit they do so they have this like hidden agendas and you can pretty much figure out by the yet the, the you know by all the um the shit they they're yelling at you right so you know uh fucking whatever his name is from china he wants to have the most wonders so like he starts yelling at you when you have more wonders than him and a lot of the times, like, keeping the happy basically essentially would mean just, like, handicapping myself. Mm-hmm. So, like, when I build a wonder, it got to the point that every time I, I finished a wonder, uh, China would declare war on me. Uh, but it was, like, and China was, like, two eras ahead of me in the tech, in the tech tree because I didn't really figure out how to, like, work the systems until, like, fairly late in the game. Um, so... You know, my early game kind of crippled me for quite a bit. So I was fairly far behind in tech. But the AI is so fucking retarded that um, it kind of, like, spent most of the war trying to switch, like, units back and forth to the ones that weren't hurt, mm-hmm. wasting all of their movement. They could, it could have steamrolled me if it was really, like, if it just went for, like, a city. There wasn't much I could do. I had like one like like archer shooting arrows at like a modern infantry unit. <laughs> uh, so by the time I got tanks, you know, the last war that they declared on me, I just basically went into China and started destroying as many improvements as I could, just so I kind of cripple it. Um, and it worked because after that, they didn't declare war on me anymore. And that actually sounds like a more interesting outcome to a war than just smashing everything they have and taking all their cities or could be, but I don't know the way the game plays. It just, it doesn't, it feels like a huge chore to carry out military actions. And it, it was always kind of, I don't know, at least to me, the, the semantics of carrying out a military operation, that game could always be a little tedious, you know, trying to get your infantry unit from your capital to the other end of the world. And, it takes right. six years in game time because every turn is a year, that kind of stuff. But especially in Civ Six, just doing anything on the map is just so clumsy and painful that when I would get when I get into a military conflict, I really just don't want to play anymore. I mean, I don't necessarily see that, um, but I guess you haven't like gotten used to the new like system. Because it is very different from four. Yeah, that's but I, but I did have that experience of kind of the bridge of five between the two, mm-hmm. and a lot of this stuff that you're talking about actually comes from five. This is just stuff that they kind of brought over, mm-hmm. uh, and I oh, think I it's like more it. it's more tactical than you know. Because in four you could just like like you said you could just stack like twenty guys mm-hmm. and just go nuts. So now like. You really have to to want to destroy another player because you know taking a city takes a while. Um, so the cities can defend themselves, right? They have bombardiers, mm-hmm. which is whatever like unit you have at that time that's defensive. 
So in the modern times, he would be like a machine gun nest. Uh, you know, in medieval times, he would be longbowman um, and so on. But, um, you know, it takes a while. It's, just one, it's not just going in and killing, like, every unit in that tile and then just going in. You have to, like, lower his defenses with catapults and, you know, be bombarded at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so you really want to have to want to destroy a set in order to, um, you know, to do it because it takes a long time and it takes a lot of effort and you're, you're crippling your economy while you're doing it because you're pumping out um, units that you could really be using to do more interesting stuff. Um, you're not producing any anything else of value, you're just producing military units. The other yeah. one is, I do want to talk about a cool thing that I like, which is the new like archaeology thing. Um, I don't think I've gotten that far. What happens so, there? Do you get chased by a big boulder? <laughs> so when you get to a certain point of the game, this like um, archaeological sites start popping up, and I realized after a few, you know, finding a few, that there are sites where there were battles like earlier in the game. So mm-hmm. they say that if you like killed um, a barbarian spearman, there will be like a like a site there. Uh huh. And it's really cool because like you're basically discovering the artifacts of your like later, um, you know, of your earlier like your history. Right. No, that's pretty cool. Uh, and and the game remembers where they are, right? But they also remember like all of the battles. So like at one point, I destroyed England at one point, and at one point China destroyed Congo. This was sort of, like around the medieval times. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, like, I was just, you know, messing around, ex- exploring. I found an archaeological site and I dug it up. And it's like, oh, there's uh, artifacts from both England and Congo here. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, you remember, you know, this fight that probably happened in, like, ancient times. Um, you know, and you can dig up the artifacts. Mm-hmm. Later on. You know, I like, kind of like it. It's a, it's a nice detail. That's cool. What, what did they do? Just give you more culture? Yeah, so you can build a museum and like show them off, and they give mm. you a lot of culture. That feels like kind of a boring outcome, but I really like the idea. Who could be surprised by a boring outcome in this game? Shut up, Jared. Yeah, nobody likes Jared. You fucking smart ass. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad um, you guys were able to bond over that. <laughs> so I, I don't know, man. I, I would like to play it like in multiplayer because I think it can be really interesting to see those systems play with an opponent that isn't retarded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we'll have to do that. I I find it to be a very tedious game to play. I'm not really happy with it at all, but it's probably a game where at the very least playing with friends would be more interesting than playing against the AI. I like it, but if it has the same problem the most like Vanilla Sips have, which is it needs tweaks. And I'm sure mm-hmm. once like the expansions come out and they fix stuff like like the new Civics 3, I I could like completely remove it from the game and I wouldn't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, I uh, feel like I'd be okay with that as well. I don't think it's I don't think it adds anything to the gameplay. Um <laughs> It just feels like one more system to look at and It just feels like a copy paste of the tech tree, but mm-hmm. with another thing. And it kind of filled me with a with a little bit of sadness when I realized that the top of that tree is fucking social media. <laughs> it's like that can't be the the apex of human <laughs> civics, <laughs> social fucking media. 
Well, yeah, it is way better than the printing press. Way at, better. At some point, than... we'll have something better than social media, but right now, it's tops. Extinction. Like, you're asking me to fucking create Facebook. I don't. I don't want to. We'll have Life Sphere. <gasps> that sounds <laughs> awesome. Ooh, real dolls. What happens in Life Sphere? And dirigible I, book. And can I go there with my real doll? Yes, but only with a dirigible. That's fine. I don't even. I can't even say that word, but I'll go there. You can say dirigible. It sounds like the gerbils. Dirigible. The gerbils. Dirigible. Dirigible. This is your like native tongue, my friend. No, it's not. It's a fucking German word. Dirigible. I don't think it. Well, no, I don't think it is. It's probably French. That's the ger- the German word for that is der floating ship. <laughs> Duh, Jared. It der actually uh, is Latin. Ha! What? Where do you think Latinia is, Lucio? It's in Germany. It's ancient Germany. (laughs) So, actually, it is an English word because it comes comes from the Latin dirigere, which I'm pretty sure is how you pronounce it, but nobody nobody here speaks Latin, so whatever. Hey, you don't. Don't put words Eh. in my mouth. Et tu. Don't put other things in your mouth. Et tu. (laughs) His penis. (laughs) Oh, jeez. I'm not even going to tell you guys about Titanfall 2. <laughs> yes, you are, you little bitch. You want to hear the classy podcast? You're gonna do whatever we tell you, you to. <laughs> okay, all right, I'll tell you about it. Do you want to hear about it? I had no yes. idea Jared was this easy to cull. It's are, there, <laughs> are there dirigibles? There's not. Um, no. Well, get the fuck do, out. Do you do you bond with your robot? No, I don't know why you're so obsessed with me bonding with the robot. Because that's what they're fucking saying in all of the promotional shit. I will. So I don't like. Oh, look at this friendship. First of all, they have him like cuddling by the fire and shit. Titanfall Two has a big change in it, which is that it has a campaign alongside its uh, robust multiplayer mode. Uh, multiplayer is definitely still the draw, like for sure, no doubt about it. Yeah, but fair. having said that, the campaign is very good, and it has two things going for it. One. It is uh, quite short. I think it actually might be shorter than. Ooh, how long is it compared to Modern Warfare Two? Hang on, let me let me double check here. I think it might be. Yeah, it's it's shorter than. It's shorter than any Call of Duty game that I can find. It's one hour, from what I can tell. No, it's it's about it's about five and a half. Um, I would suggest, at least for me, I always play these games uh, on the hard. Uh, harder difficulty um, because it makes them last a little longer and they're just all they're always really easy on normal and I would say that feels probably the same with uh, with Titanfall so I would suggest ticking it up one difficulty notch above normal and I think you'll have a better experience but uh, having said that regardless of how you play it I think it's pretty inarguable that this is one of the best first person shooter campaigns uh, certainly that I've played in a long time. Um, Doom is good because they take a very classic model and bring it back. Titanfall 2 is good because they take a very kind of classic model and then they just keep turning it on its head over and over again. Um, Interesting. Every, every level has kind of something new for you to check out. So like pretty pretty early on, you'll get into... The first couple of levels aren't very special because you're you're just kind of learning your move set, right? Like you're not really doing anything aside from just figuring out how to navigate the environment and things like that. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, the, where the game really kind of gets crazy is you you wind up in a factory pretty early on, 
And uh, in this factory, they're building, it's hard to describe, but they're, they're basically building like housing. I think it's supposed to be barracks and things like that. But it, it's basically, a, imagine a gigantic factory that assembles like fully furnished houses. And that's basically what you're in. And there's, mm. there's these giant platforms all over the place that are moving and being carried by cranes and huge arms that are inserting things. Uh, you know, in, into these houses that they're building, into these modular homes that they're building. And um, the whole thing culminates with you in one of the houses as it gets, like, hung on a rack almost, and it's completely sideways. And you, like, jump up, and you jump out of the house, and you, like, wall run. It's so hard to describe, but you, you, you basically, like, uh, navigate your way up the side of this entirely sideways neighborhood that's been manufactured in this factory. And oh. it's super cool and it's really unique. And all this time you're fighting people and dodging in and out of machinery. And there's, you know, all these moving parts and you can very easily get crushed and smashed into pieces by the, the machinery. And so there's that. And then once you leave that level, you don't really see anything like that again. It, it completely changes into other stuff. There's a, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but I don't think it's huge. Uh, there is a time travel component to the game what the hell? <laughs> i know it, it's actually done pretty well um but basically you're exploring the station that has some kind of uh some kind of time ripples in it and you eventually come across this normally you can't control when you go back in time and i don't mean you're going far you're going back like a couple months the station you is, go forward to the past the the station is in ruins and uh so you you go back into time when to when the station was operational and it's not very very long ago um but when you go back in time you're dealing with human enemies and you know kind of the standard fare but when you go to the when you're forward in time, you're dealing with like monsters that are scavenging the level and, uh, you know, kind of things like that. And eventually you get an item where when you hit your left bumper, it'll tick you back and forth between the two time periods. And so if you're in the middle of a firefight and you're starting to get into, a, you know, a, a lot of trouble, they really overwhelm you with enemies at this point. You can just tap the button real quick and you'll go forward in time to when there aren't any enemies there and everybody's dead and you'll kind of like rest for a second and then suddenly a giant tiger thing will break through the door behind you and you'll have to fight it or you can flip back and and resume your battle that you were just in and um it's really it's really kind of neat it's a similar mechanic that i've seen in games before but the way that they handle it here is is pretty interesting uh, yeah i was going to say it kind of reminds you of like um skyward sword where you have like that weird area that used to be an ocean but now it's a desert uh-huh and you can kind of go back and forth yeah it's it's a lot like that in fact zelda it, it's a mechanic zelda plays with all the time right like yeah zelda loves that kind of stuff um and so it feels a little bit like that there's what's really cool or at least what i enjoyed the most is actually the way they implement it into the platforming sections because this game has a lot of platforming you're going to be wall running and double jumping and doing all that kind of stuff quite quite a bit like it's probably a quarter of the game is devoted to that. And so uh, during these segments, you'll have these platforms that you can see that in one time uh, timeline, they're in a certain location. And then in the other timeline, the machinery has obviously moved them to other places. And by flipping back and forth in time, you can navigate those platforms. So you'll run and jump off one. And before you land on nothing, 
you flip forward in time and there's a platform under you and you basically like go back and forth or there's a shaft that you fall down and in the in the time when this facility is working that shaft is full of fans that will cut you into like little pieces but uh you can flip forward in time and instead of fans the fans are gone because the facility's been destroyed but there's also these debris sections with like flaming debris that block your path. So you have to like flip back and forth really rapidly to fall down this hole uh, without dying, basically. And um, it's really cool. It, I'm, I don't know if I'm describing it as well as, as I probably should, but uh, it's really it neat. sounds like they put a lot of thought into what I probably would have expected to be a throwaway portion of a largely multiplayer game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they have it. it it does feel really thought out and i think that's why it fe- it's also sh- so short is because mm-hmm. there's there's no wasted moment in this game there's no like generic uh you know boring fight scene uh you're not shooting through a warehouse not i mean you're you're shooting or through... if you are it's a warehouse in a plane that's exploding and you have to crash into another plane Something like that. Uh, there is the level that I'm on right now is particularly cool it uh features like a convoy of ships that you're trying to catch up to and uh, so there's basically like your ships that you're on fighting these other ships and you're kind of in the mix of the battle, jumping back and forth from ship to ship. Uh, you, you basically like board this enemy ship and fight your way to the bridge and kill everybody on the bridge and take over the ship. And um, all this is happening while things are exploding. And there's a, that whole segment ends with a fight with a flying titan. Uh it does one of my favorite things in games, which is I think I've talked about this before. The team of bad guys, uh, like the like the guys in Snake Eater, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it has the that super team, and so not every level, but uh, the the levels that end with a boss fight. Typically, the boss will get on the radio and like talk to you during the level and kind of like taunt you in, until you eventually reach him, and then you finally duke it out in a titan with him and 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 kill him. And I mean, they're not they're not very special boss fights. They're pretty standard. Uh, but nonetheless, I, I thought it was a pretty cool uh, mechanic. And it's something that at least I really enjoy. Like, I, I like having I like having the boss appear and like his name pops up on screen. It's like, OK, now kill him. You know, like stuff like that is, uh-huh. is enjoyable to me. Um, I'm not done with it. I think that level I was describing is the second to last. But uh, it's it's really good. I've really, really enjoyed it. Uh, really enjoyed my time with it. So one question, like one of the things about these games that kind of always kind of bothers me is that the campaign never, like it doesn't prepare you for the multiplayer. Is that the case here too, or would um, you say that it uses a lot of the same skills? I haven't spent as much time in the multiplayer. I've, I've played a bit, but I haven't spent as much time there. Um, but I did both the tech tests, so like I have a pretty good idea what's going on there. I it's It feels very similar. I'm sure there are differences in movement speed and things like that. Um, but but they feel very similar, so I'm sure that getting good in one is probably training you to to do better in the other. Um, I will say that Call of Duty campaigns have kind of a reputation of being something where you're just sort of along for the ride, and like there's yeah. a, there's a ton of videos online where people will do like the first level of Call of Duty on the hardest difficulty without ever shooting their gun. Mm-hmm. That's not gonna work here. Um, but okay. having said that, something that is kind of unique is mobility is such a big deal and the levels are laid out in such a fashion that you don't really have to fight if you don't want. Uh, enemies can lose track of you. So if you run behind a you know cover, 
and uh, they come around that cover and you're not there they they'll they'll call out that they can't find you and they'll start searching for you um they feel they feel a lot smarter and more in tune than normal first person shooters like they're not just it's not a shooting gallery they they actually look for you they try to flank you they do you know somewhat clever maneuvers hallelujah um it's still not not perfect it's not as good as like fear uh, but it, it is nice to be able to like lose your enemies. And, and in some cases, you can just run right past them. Uh, there are at least a couple fights where I just got in really over my head, and so I finally just had to break for it, and, and you can do that. Like that, That's a viable option. Um, but there are some times where I was dealing with like stuff in real life, messing around with dogs or something, and I just kind of set the game down. And in Call of Duty, I'm used to like stand behind that wall, and you'll be fine. You know, like they're not going to come get you. Just stand behind the wall and just wait there and everything will be fine. And that's not how Titanfall works because I, I got killed several times by putting the controller down. And I know that again, I know that seems like a silly thing, but uh, it just shows that like it's a no, no, I, I got what you're talking about. It's a more active game. It's a more active enemy. They're seeking you out. They chase you down. The, that group that I ran from followed me for quite a ways before I was finally able to lose them. So it's cool. It's nice. It's it's a ton of fun. It is seriously like just definitely going to be one of my favorite games uh, this year. And that's why it's so disappointing to hear that it's not selling very well. Uh, yeah, probably we'll, we'll see about buying it when it's on sale. But I'm definitely more interested now than I was. Especially when like, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I I really would encourage you guys to to pick it up just just even to support them. And make sure that we get another one of these because if they, I, I mean, again, uh, it's short. I think but it's. You can, I think this is the end for Titanfall. You can make a difference. I, if, it might be the way that EA works. It could seriously yeah. be a big problem for them. So, in order to do our part, I've decided to give away a copy of the game this week on the podcast. To me, uh, not to you. Oh, not can we you. win it? Uh, this is. <laughs> just don't let me catch you doing it. Um, this is this okay, is the, Jared. Wink, wink. This is the same thing that we did last year around the holidays, and we'll do it again this year, uh, where we'll 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 give away a few full you know AAA titles on the podcast. So we're going to start with Titanfall because I think it deserves it. So uh, let's just do it now. I'm gonna. I have the Origin Steam key here. I'm gonna give away the last four digits of the key, and just um, just make sure to say the. The letters and the numbers that way Parker likes it. Right, sure. I'll do my best. Uh, on the 6th, uh, or no, not the 6th, on whatever Thursday is. What is it? The 4th? No, the 3rd. On the 3rd, we'll post the on Twitter. after tomorrow, Jared? Uh, look, by the time you listen to this, it will be tomorrow. So on the 3rd, we're going to post the rest of the code, and you can fill in the, the back piece and you can get a copy of the game. I always like to see these go to people who actually listen to the podcast instead of just people who see it on Twitter. So if you're a regular listener, I really want you to, to get on this shit, right? And get some get some Titanfall in you. So uh, our last four digits of the code are B as in bitches. Uh, six. Come on, Jared. First one of the year you didn't prepare. Six, as in 666, the number of our Lord Satan. Uh, D, as in dirigibles. And. Dirigibles. A, as in. Argentina. Anal. anal. Yeah, anal. 
Anal Argentina. Anal Argentina. So there you go. B, B6DA. So keep an eye on our Twitter tomorrow, and we will post the rest of the code, and uh, and you guys can get that. So there you go. That's the game. Um, do you want to talk should about... Should we talk about... Do you want should, to talk, should we talk... Yeah. You, you tell me what you want to talk about, Lucio. I feel like I'm I was going to say I wanted our friend who's being kidnapped in this... I, pain. I feel like that would be appropriate. So uh, it, it's almost Ooh. the end of the podcast, but we didn't mention our good friend, uh, Jay Joseph Jr., who has been sending us messages via some kind of messenger uh, about pretty mundane things. They're not the kind of messages I would expect someone who's been kidnapped to do. Um, but this person... That hey, been... you, you don't know what he's going through, okay? Stop victim blaming. Well, I will say... I, I, I will say I this... Jay's just happy to uh, have a nice, steady in source of food. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I, I bet that's desirable. Uh, this this, this Jay imposter that we've been dealing with is way more into Legos than I think the real Jay probably would be. Uh, I actually <laughs> kind of suspect that we've been interacting with like a 12-year-old kid masquerading as Jay, just based off the sheer volume of Legos that they've purchased. Yeah, Jay, I get it. Jay's been kidnapped by an autistic 16-year-old. He's been kidnapped by a kid. It makes perfect sense. Who else would do kidnapping? The people who have kid in their names. Mm, that's why they call it kidnapping, Jay. You're a genius. Kidnapping, because it's kids kidnapping adults. As everyone knows that. Uh, so anyway, we have a, uh, we have a message uh, this time from the kidnapper. So things have escalated to... Uh, to the audio realm. So let's go ahead and play that, and we can listen to that real quick. Oh, hello, Miss Wine. You don't know who I am. Simply call me a friend. I plan to help you get Jay back. Maybe even a lie. I can't give you all the answers, but you are getting warmer. Think hard. Who are your enemies? Who would have the most to gain from this assault? The British? The Swedes? The Cameroons, the Japanese, maybe they've already given you their identity. Maybe they're hiding the truth and intentionally misleading you. Wouldn't that be quite the ruse? Are you willing to travel to any of these locations to save him? If not, the poor boy may be lost forever. Who would require rubles? Who in the industry would have been shunned in the past year and have reason to press you for money? Does this possibly lead to a secret under Washington, D.C. and require Nicholas Cage's help? Act fast and any fine. Jay doesn't have much time left. It's up to you to lead to your uh, hero Sonic the Hedgehog and rescue him. <laughs> oh my god! Jay's dead! Jared is ripping my arm in fear. <laughs> because we all listen to it together. That Are we was, safe? Thanks to the magic of post-processing, we all listen to the message at once. Amazing. What, what did you guys think of that message? I uh, was confused by the part where he said the things that I did not understand. You know, I so don't blame who, him for disguising. Russian and have something against us? Well, but he said he could be Chinese, too. Or Japanese? Hmm. I forget. It's been you say Hideo Kojima? It's been. I years. think it's. What oh, would I hit you? Yeah, we've always been kind to him. I don't. I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure Jay's dead. I think you're right. I actually. And I think we just need to give up. You think we just need Sorry, to Jay. give up? Ah, you I mean, know. We haven't. Hmm. Heaven's nice. 
I imagine. Or not real. I'm not sure which. Actually, you know what? I, I need proof of life. Send me his thumb. Okay, so that's what you want? You want to know that he's alive? Because you can cut the thumb yes. off a dead person. That's true. I, I want a black thumb. <laughs> I If it's a white, I know you don't got him. Speaking of which, our P.O. box is available on our website. So head over, head over there. And uh, and hit us up. I don't know. Um, we'll we'll have to keep doing some sleuthing and figure out what did he say? He said mm. who would who would gain the most? By... Ben Kuchera? I don't think from that getting makes sense. twenty million rubles. The guy we sent him to. What I think he says from messing with us, like who who is our greatest enemy? I don't know. For listening to this Holy year God. seconds ago, I've already forgotten much of the content of the message. Um, Steven Poitiro yes, or whatever the fuck the name of the Kotaku guy. Yeah, Steven Tortilla. Yes. I, too, who just listened to it with you several seconds ago, also can't remember much of what he said. <laughs> How about if you figure out who he's talking, who the kidnapper is, just send us like a tweet. Yeah, tweet it at us. I'm sure yeah. you'll do that. I'm sure you understood what he said. You'll, you'll surely get it. I do believe. Did you want to talk about Endless Space, Lucio? Sure. Just very briefly, maybe, before we wrap up. It's deep as fuck. Like space, much like space, right? Uh, I've never been to space, but I would assume that it would be. Oh, you've never been. Um, well, you know, someday they'll let you guys up there, I'm sure. <laughs> what there do you mean by that, Jared? Space neighborhood. Depending on that presidential election, you might get blasted up into space regardless. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. So it's um, a turn-based, also 4X game. Um, you are like one of, I think there's only three races in the early access build and you essentially had to like build your own, uh, space empire. So you're trying to kind of manage, uh, different systems and, and essentially there's these constellations that are kind of tied together and you kind of have to explore them, find out the, the planets that can be inhabited in each system, if there are any. Um, if there are like other races, you can kind of, you know, try to make him join your empire. Um, and it has a very strong political system to it. So you're like one of three, uh, boats in the triumvirate. So you have to try to kind of push legislation through that will help your cause. Um, but at the same time, doing so might have like... And expect the consequences, especially if you have to make deals with like other parties to pass it. Um, and at the same time, there's also you know rival empires are like in the same sector trying to expand through the galaxy. So as, as you can tell, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of like resource gathering and exploitation and exploration. Uh, you have to send probes to kind of find like the next systems that you can expand into. Um, so there's a lot of, of stuff going on. Um, so I, I play one game only, um, and I thought I was doing pretty well until I realized about maybe uh, an hour in that I fundamentally misunderstood how a mechanic worked. Okay. <laughs> and that didn't that being nice for me. Hmm. Yeah, that does sound like a problem. Just a small one. Ah, just a bit. Um, God damn, man! Listening to you describe that, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready for this. 
Yeah, like when I saw it, like the first time I put it up, I saw the interface and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> well, that doesn't that doesn't sound like that's for me at all. It, 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 no, you will hate it. <laughs> I, I played this game uh, just very briefly. We, we got a code for a game called uh, Clockwork, Clockwork Empire, something like that. It's a it's a game where you make a you make a village like a or a colony like a and it's got Lovecraft influences. So they'll start to worship elder gods and things like that. But right. uh, I went to build my first building and you literally click and drag the size of building you want. And then it's like, where would you like to put your door? And I was like, fuck this. <laughs> that, was, that was enough of that. And I closed out of it. I try to play anything that gets sent to us. So if nobody has time for it, I'll try to pick up like kind of just all the scraps and leave-ins um, because I, I like to, to know that. So if you sent us that game, um, thank you. But no. Nope. Not happening. So... Um, it's, I, I liked Endless Legend a lot, but Endless Legend, I think, was a little easier for me to get into because it's kind of a, it's civilization with sci-fi mm-hmm. in it, right? Yeah. This is completely different. Like, the way everything works is different, which is fine, and it's good. Once I finally got over that, like, initial hurdle, um, and now that I know Maybe how this mechanic works, right, once I finish my PhD... <laughs> in endless okay. space there's uh, a few things that are kind of annoy me and so the production models of this game are f- incredible they're even better than Sibs like every time you discover a planet there's like this little cool like effect that it does where like it rotates around it it looks really nice um, you can build like you you can design your own species from scratch. So like you know you pick a hole, you you pick the different guns and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you are fighting, like let's say you meet like a pirate vessel while you're exploring, um, it plays FMB. And the first time it was super cool because like you could see them fighting at each other and like you know like you know stuff exploding and shit. But after the second or third time, you see that you're kind of over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can only skip part of it. And a lot of the combat is going to end in draws. Where like basically both like ships blow by each other and they bombardier each other. But neither of them do enough damage to bring the other one down. Uh, and so like they, they just kind of like you see this like really long-winded movie of them like moving towards each other. Because the combat works in a way where you can choose like the pattern that you want your ship to move into. So you will see like this movie of like both of them moving into position and shooting at each other and then kind of just going. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's, you know, like I said, it's cool the first time. You can kind of skip a little bit of it, but you still have to see like the battle phase of it. And it takes a good minute to play out. Uh, and I think if I could just skip it and just tell me what happened, uh, I would be... A much happier man. Um, so you know, it's uh, a lot of the features are not there yet because it's early access. Uh, so there's that. But I'll probably try to do uh, another playthrough now that I know how the mechanics work and see how that works. So you mentioned it's early access. There's still things they're working on. Have you noticed any yeah. bugs, things that aren't working right, or is it pretty solid on that front? It's actually been pretty solid. I haven't seen any 
any problems, not even slowdowns. Uh, okay. Like technically, it seems to be ready. I think it's just a matter of like adding content at this point. That's good to hear, at least. So you know, it's good if you like this kind of game. I think you're going to probably love this. Um, it seems I, like there's a lot of. <laughs> I know you don't. I'm not. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the listener. We're talking, talking to the cool to guys. The nerds. Yes. The cool guy nerds, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, if you like this kind of thing, I think this is going to be a pretty good addition to it. it. Like I say, it looks like they definitely took time for it, and it has some pretty good production value. So, um, you know, we'll see how it keeps going. But so far, I'm digging it. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so there you go. Endless Space. That's something you can go check out right now. I, th- I think it's out now, right? On Steam. It's, uh, yeah, early access. So it's waiting for you. So go take a look if you're curious. And we'll have a written article on that uh, pretty soon, yeah. too. But I think uh, for now, that's probably going to do it for us today. Uh, so if you enjoyed our podcast, of course, please go check out our website, enemieslime.com. Go, uh, send, us, send us your vine of how much you like. Send us a vine the... telling us where you, think, uh, where you think Jay is. Where in the world is Jay? We'd love to know. Uh, other than that, go follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're at The Enemy Slime on both of those services. And um, I think with that, we are out.